Welcome to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. I'm Dr. Jay Calvert. Today, I'm in Paris, and I am here with my uh, most Parisian-esque co-host, Dr. Millicent Ravello. Bonjour. How are you doing, Dr. Ravello? Ah, ça va. Ça va bien. Ça va bien. We are uh, enjoying the IMCAST meeting, the 25th anniversary edition of this intensely huge, awesome meeting that I, uh, I think it's just something to behold. This is probably one of my most favorite meetings to come to. Sorry, ASAPs. Um, <laughs> probably should, maybe we should edit that out. No, no, you're going to leave that in because <laughs> we're, we're, uh, we're going to be lucky enough to be joined by Mindy Hawes, the yes. president of uh, the Aesthetic Society, as it's now yes. known. Uh, used to be ASAPs for those of you following along at home. Uh, but we are loving this meeting and it's I been mean, fantastic. You just, you can't beat this meeting. You can't beat Paris. You can't beat the participants, the energy that's here. Oh, there's Dr. Asher walking by right there. Yeah, that's right. The, the founder of this meeting 25 years ago. Should I, I should go tackle him and get him over here. He doesn't seem like the tackling type. No, <laughs> we don't want to hurt him. That's true. <laughs> we we need him. like a hip fracture or something. That would be awful. We need him. <laughs> what happened? I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> we're, not just, we're not coming back again, that's for sure. Yeah. So we are definitely happy to be presenting here, which yep. Dr. Vella, you have given two lectures so far. You have yes. a moderating session tomorrow to do. Yes. Uh, I have presented one lecture, but I am like the moderating demon on this uh, trip. I, I've moderated the rhinoplasty session, moderated the uh, live rhinoplasty session today with uh, Dr. Carlos Nevis and Nazem Cherkish. And, uh, and then tomorrow I have this massive filler session with uh, Julius Few is on it, uh, Chachi Keo, Stephen Cohen, uh, just un it's an unbelievable panel and I'm, I'm going to be uh, firing some uh, velvet harpoons at my colleagues just to see what they think. That sounds really exciting. I mean, the things that we've been able to do so far have just been incredible. Yesterday, actually yesterday, I had a how to start a podcast uh, talk, which is actually quite well received. I've been getting people coming up to me today saying, you know, I've been thinking about starting a podcast and I really liked what you had to say and I'm going to go home and do it. So that was, you know, really incredible to see since we are such a homegrown operation that yeah. it was nice to see that we could inspire others to do the same. And I, I, you know what, I should, give my, I should give my lecture on this podcast about yeah. why. You should, I, should, yeah. I, should, I should make that a podcast. <laughs> you should make that a podcast, but it is why important because, uh, you know, it's not easy. I think people think, like, I think they think that I'll just talk into this microphone and people are going to listen. That's actually not the case. It really has to be kind of a, it's got to be a show. It really is like we're, we're giving lots of information on our podcast. We're teaching, we're educating, but it also has to be fun. You know, it can't be a snooze fest because who is going to listen to it? If it, no. if it puts you to sleep in three or four sentences, you're done. That's not helpful. We can't have you crashing your car on the 405 because you're listening to our podcast and fell asleep. <laughs> you know, when I listen to your podcast at night, when I try to sleep, it's awesome. You guys are so boring. I'm asleep it's in minutes. The best. It's like a meditation app. There was no. a guy from Poland, actually. I didn't get his name. I, he, he kind of like came up to me right as I was about to start the session. So I, I unfortunately couldn't focus on what he was saying, but uh, he says, I have a similar thing in Poland oh. from Warsaw. So I'm going to try to figure oh, out who it was and, and hone in on him. But oh, uh, awesome. he said, yeah, he loves our podcast, listens to it. And, you know, I, that's the thing. It's uh, it's one of, 
like we have a very niche audience for what we do. I mean, very this niche. is not going to be Smartless or you know the Joe Rogan experience. But it, if you're interested in aesthetics and plastic surgery, then this is a good podcast to have on your on your listening. You know. It, it, it makes sense. It makes sense. And it's why we're doing it here in Paris at this amazing meeting, which we love. And, uh, I, you know, I was thinking about that when I was trying to speak French earlier. I'm, I'm firmly convinced that the more croissants I eat, the better my French will become. That's probably true. I think that's the true. trick yeah. to being here and getting better at my French. Oui, some <laughs> croissant and escargot. And before you know it, I'll be fluent. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's going to take. <laughs> Well, so far, I have to say that uh, the surgery, the live surgery I just uh, moderated with, uh, of course, with Sebastian Garçon and then watching uh, uh, Carlos Nevis and, and Nazem, I, I learned some stuff from those guys, as I always do, and I knew I would. That's why I was so happy to be in that session moderating, because I saw some cool things that Carlos was doing with ligaments. I watched him do a preservation rhinoplasty, which I, I think was wonderful, and you know, I, I may do something like that someday if I find the right patient for me. He's very good at it. He can do anything with that. You know, Nazem did a very similar nose to him and did it with an open, uh, you know, a traditional kind of structural rhinoplasty, and they both got incredible results. But I learned from both of them simultaneously things that I'm going to take back to my, my patients, and it's going to make me better for having been here. A thousand percent. I was going to say the same thing. I had a body contouring talk. Um, actually, I think what I need to take back is actually how they say it here. Contouring. I do body contouring. Body contouring. Contouring. Um, yes, talk yesterday um, on my massive weight loss patients. And there was a whole panel. So there was, you know, eight, ten, twelve different presenters going up talking about their different techniques and how they do their liposuction and their tummy tucks. And there were several points that I took out of that from probably, you know, multiple speakers. And I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. I'm going to do that when I go home. Because, I mean, we all do things similarly, but every country and certainly every surgeon has a different way that they do it. So if you can take even just one of those little you know, tips and tricks from how they do it in Brazil or how they do it in Spain or how they even do it in India, <clears throat> it's like, oh, I hadn't thought about that. Because in America, we all have different things, but we all go to the same conference. So we all kind of take like similar tips home with us. But getting the exposure to how they're doing it in other countries is just a really different perspective. And you get all kinds of new ideas, which is really exciting. What did you think about giant liposuction oh yeah there was this one guy i mean i thought i did giant cases um he put me to shame he was out of india i believe oh my and god when he said that i was like yes what in the what I, hold, hold the phone dude because and he even said it's like in america they're very conservative and they have this number of five liters which is sort of the you know, max amount of liposuction you're supposed to take out of a patient. In, in the outpatient setting. In, in the outpatient setting. Um, he was talking about doing 12 and 18 liters out of people. And he was doing it, you know, in a, he said, ICU or a monitored setting. They had blood transfusions on hold for these patients. Like, aggressive amounts of liposuction. And some of these patients, he was even combining with doing excision procedures. So, removing skin as well. And the photos that he showed to these patients. I mean, I think any plastic surgeon in America, if they had walked in their doors, would have been like, how about no? <laughs> <laughs> how about no? I mean, they are just, yeah, I would never think you could operate on those people. That's why I was like, my, my eyes flew open on that one when he said, you know, because he said there's, uh, you know, the 5,000 liters, then 5 to 8 liters, and 8 to 12, and then 12 and up. 
and he called that giant, giant liposuction. liposuction. I was like, I, I, I don't like that's going to have a, a mortality rate with it that I that's unacceptable to me and to my patients. But I he didn't really say much about that. He seems he to have he it seems down. He seems to be doing it pretty safely. So, but I mean, he he's doing it the right way. You know, in a hospital setting with the anesthesia people on board and, and having the blood transfusions oh, yeah. as needed. But and he's reviewing his results, which uh, his I thought results. was really awesome. But yeah. I mean, th that kind of stuff is, we don't see that in the States. No, I don't think that we are medically, legally equipped to do that. No, I, I think... Everything that that means. Yeah, I, I think people would just be like, <coughs> <laughs> excuse me, <laughs> baking powder, what did you do? Yeah, no. No. You cannot do 18 liters of liposuction no. in the States and people take you seriously. I think they would just look at you as like, you're out of your gourd. Yeah, but it's you know it's things like that that kind of make you rethink your standards. Right. So it's like, well, maybe we can push it. things a little more. Right. Like everything that comes out in medicine is someone trying something new and, and reviewing the results and seeing what can be done safely. So maybe maybe there are some some limits that we can push after reviewing what other people are doing. So these are all good things to start thinking about. Safety is key. I mean, we that's what we harp on on this podcast is patient safety. We talk about it all the time. We talk about making sure that you have all the, the bells and whistles in terms of when something goes wrong, are you ready for right. it? Everything, you know, in our, in our surgery center, we're Quad ASF, Medicare approved surgery center that we operate in. We have every safety feature that you could even imagine for every type of scenario that can occur with the types of procedures we do. And you need that. You just, you have to be vigilant about patient safety if you're going to do any of the stuff that we do, number one, but especially if you're going to do like these guys and, and go to that next level, yeah. be prepared. You have to be there and you have to, your patient has to be on board. Everybody has to be in the know of what you're doing and what the potential complications are. There's absolutely nothing worse than people going, oh, I should have had. That's the last thing you ever want to say. Right, right. Well, that's, that's the whole point of the meeting and why we're here and why we're learning everything that we are. We love it. It's we great. We do love it. Uh, especially now, uh, the gala on <laughs> Saturday night. The gala. This is at some, like, I didn't look into this too much. I'm sure that you have, it's at some special location. It's at a pool. So the gala is like the, like, pinnacle of this meeting. It's at the end of the, the meeting on Saturday night. Um, and historically just fantastic. Last year it was at the Opera House, which was... That was sick. I don't know how they're going to beat that. That, that was, was awesome. That was incredible. Um, this year it's at this uh, piscine, at a pool. Uh, one, it's the oldest pool in Paris. It's been open since, you know, the early 1900s as a public pool. Um, closed down, renovations here and there. But now it's open again as a pool, um, but also a, a, apparently a, a meeting space. So... Uh, Bring your, do we bring need your to bring bathing suits? Swimsuits? <laughs> I have a tux. I don't have a tux swimsuit. <laughs> Maybe just wear like tux over like some like speedos. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> swimming trunks. <laughs> it's Europe. It's gonna be speedos. It's, it's gonna, gonna be, be speedos. Ugly. That's how it goes. So yeah, you're right. I don't know. I'm, we'll we'll find out tomorrow what this right. is gonna be about. Well, I'm looking forward to all the uh, all the other stuff that we get to see. I, I really want to like spend some time on the exhibits, checking out all the different. Uh, skin care, the modalities, and of course, I'm going to be looking for some instrument deals because we got some great instruments here last year. The Germans make some fine some, instruments. I got some sick German scissors that are amazing. Yeah. They're for my facelifts. They just they're they're awesome. I like butter. We expect nothing less from the Germans. 
All right, Mel. Well, anything else we got to talk about today? No, let's get back out there. So dropping in with us, of course, is the president of ASAP's The Aesthetic Society now, uh, Mindy Haas. That's me. Yeah. So glad to be here. This is so exciting to talk in Paris. So cool to have you on. We're, we're, I'm, I was thinking you would be here, and then I, I saw your name on right. the docket, and I here you are. I can't believe we worked this out, and I can't believe I didn't forget. And it's so nice to meet you, Millicent. He's told me all um, about you. It's it's a pleasure to meet you in person. You know, we all know so much about you, and we see you on the podium, and it's a great pleasure to actually be able to interact with you in Paris. In, in person. Paris, <laughs> in Paris, in person. <laughs> That's a wonderful. Um, how are you liking the conference so far? It's really exciting, right? Yeah. Very high energy, very uh, interesting, and having all these different groups of people in one spot, I really think adds to the energy. I'm sure the exhibitors love it. Oh my gosh, the exhibitors here, have you gone around and looked at this stuff? Unbelievable. It is ridiculous. I mean, as we always say, we're never going to see it in America because the FDA clearance is unfortunate. Yes, and the fire marshal. <laughs> because they, they want us to keep everything so far apart, right? Which, you know, know, safety first, whatever, but I... You know, that's true. That's a good point. It is a good point. Yeah, I mean, it's just I mean, different here. You can't. Yeah, there are things that are done here that just can't make it to the U.S. It's just not going to happen. That's for sure. But maybe we could capture that energy. The energy is big, and believe me, I've always said, why is there no MCAS Americas? Why is there no, uh, you know, not, why don't they do this in Los Angeles or Nashville? Yes, like one of the yes. greatest cities in the union. You know, right. come on. Absolutely, absolutely, couldn't agree more. You know, it's really interesting. There's a bunch of us here from the Aesthetic Society. Uh, we're doing a new partnership with MCAS, and we're having an MCAS panel at the aesthetic meeting this year. They had an aesthetic society panel here today, this morning. But also, you know, we've opened our meeting now to allied personnel, which is what most of the people here right. are, and we've opened to cores. So if this is an example of how much energy and how much give and take there is amongst all those groups, it's something we need to aspire to. Yeah, a thousand percent. And if we bring those core personnel um, and providers into ASAPs, it can only improve the whole spectrum of what we do, rather than making it, you know, us versus them or whatever. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I mean, we've we didn't know this back when we were in training in the dark ages. You're too young <laughs> to know, but we didn't realize the aesthetic space was going to get so big. And that it's now outpaced anything that plastic surgeons can handle on Ever. their own anyway. Yeah. There's I too mean, much demand. Just look at this place. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Yeah, that, the demand is why you have so many other specialists coming into this realm, especially dermatology, but then, of course, the oculoplastic surgeons, uh, facial plastic surgeons, and, of course, just the practitioner who wants to get into aesthetics. I mean... If you've got an eye and you understand anatomy, you can kind of be a great injector. It's And there's so many people and, and doing it. That's right. And who's to say someone who went to medical school like us, who became an ER doc or a pediatrician and now is burned out and is turned and wants to learn, why are they not going to be as good or better than our nurse injectors, right? They certainly can be. It's, it takes training, takes an eye, commitment, all the it things that, that we know the, to make you great. All the things we know to make you great. And, you know, and we want to be, at the aesthetic side, we want to be a part of training those people. Yes. It's all about patient safety and it's all about edu good education. 
But the demand outpaces anything plastic surgeons can do alone. So we need to be a part of, because we're the only ones who can do all of it. Right. But we need to be a part of this revolution and part of this change and bring up the standards. It's happening. Whether we like it or not, it's happening. It so we might as well be a part of the conversation and making sure that people are being trained safely. So I agree. And I, don't, I don't think people understand how few board-certified plastic surgeons are dedicated to aesthetics. It's not a big number. It is not a big number. So, and really, if you look at the active board-certified plastic surgeons in general in the U.S., it's under 8,000. The dedicated to aesthetics members of the Aesthetic Society are under 2,500. And so there, I'm sure there's some there who do quite a bit of a thing, but still, there are 30,000 injectors in the U.S. Yeah. That, 30,000. So the odds are it's not a board-certified plastic surgeon no, that's injecting it you. It just, can't, just can't be. It that's just right. can't be. Because everybody wants this stuff. Everybody wants to everybody look great. Everybody wants part of the it. Deal. It's part of the deal. And we don't want someone who's not medically trained, a layperson, injecting free silicone. We saw that no. happen in the 80s and 90s. Oh, it's still and happening. And that could happen again. <laughs> it, and it could happening. pick up speed. If, the, if people yeah. can't find it, right. they're going to find it one they're way or find another. It some way. No, a, a thousand percent. And when you're talking about you know the small number of aesthetic plastic surgeons, an even tinier fraction of those are actually doing injections. A lot of us are more focused on the surgery space, so that number gets even smaller. But I mean, I, I, we still see horrible injection complications and all kinds of crazy stuff in Los Angeles, but also coming over from Mexico because people go there because it's cheaper. So yeah, we got to get a little better on the safety front. And, and you know, the thing is, it could happen to anyone. It could happen to the best injectors. You oh, yeah. can get a vascular occlusion. But the trick is knowing what to do when you get it and using a product that you can reverse, hopefully. And being ready. And being ready to reverse it. And so if you don't, and that's, you know, as surgeons, we learn that. You yeah. know what, how not to get into trouble. You know what the complications are if you get in trouble and you know how to face it. And that's how we go to the OR every day because we know we can handle whatever might happen. We need to prepare injectors that way. Well, Mindy, you know, it's awesome having you here as the president of the society. We, we appreciate you jumping on with us. Tell us what has been the biggest, like, when you came here, you went, huh, I didn't know that. Because that happens to us every time we come. And every time I've been here, I've been like, oh, oh, I get that. I had no idea. I mean, I know that there are different skincare companies and different device companies outside the U.S. I know that. I had no idea how many. Oh, I mean, yeah. I had no idea how many great ones and how how busy they are and how, how again, you know and you read how big this space is and I know how big it is in the U.S. This is worldwide. Yeah, this is a whole different animal. And I we were talking about this last night that I feel like in Europe and Asia, they are better or more focused on skin care than we are in the States. So like they it, going and getting a facial every week or every month is very much part of your routine the same way you might get your nails done every you know few weeks. They are way more skin care focused and I think that shows in all of the different brands that they have available to them. <clears throat> yeah, I think that's a very good point. Yeah. I think it's a very good point. And it is so important. I mean, and we see you know, Botox. We're now really kind of talking preventative Botox. 
and it's it does it, it does change how we age. Thank God it came out 20 plus <laughs> years ago is all I can say, right? I'm a, almost 20. Well, I think I am a 25 year user. Yeah. So it's changed how a thousand I percent. age. Yes. No, but that's it. That's what this meeting is. It was historically about, about aging, about the science of aging, and then it has just turned into this incredible behemoth of a, of a meeting that's now roped in the plastic surgeons and the products and the vendors. And gosh, if we could bring even a quarter of this back to ASAPs and to the States, it would be huge. It would be that, huge. That is going to be your job. I'm working <laughs> on it. I'm, I'm working on it. Uh, uh, yeah, it is. It's a lot. It's a hard one, but it's just you have to, we got to open our eyes to what clearly is very popular and needed. It's needed. Yeah, a thousand percent. Well, Mindy, I think, you know, we've taken a lot of your time. We really appreciate it. Um, I, I hope that, uh, you know, not only do we have this conversation, but that we kind of make good on it because I'm a big fan of this conference, have been here. I think since 2006, actually, it was uh, probably my first one or either six or seven. And the surgical stuff has come to a new level. The live surgery stuff has done very well here. I enjoy it. And I, I think there's a lot to be learned for, uh, for the Aesthetic Society and, and any of our plastic surgery well, conferences. We're all better together, right? We, we, we should be, we're a global community now with the internet. We need to be global aesthetics. So let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for coming. It's my good friend Alex Schoenborn, uh, the president of the German Society for Aesthetic Surgery or right. the German Aesthetic I'm, Society. Actually, Clarify for me so I get it right. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Great to be here. I'm actually the vice president um, or the president-elect. And um, the name of the association is... Uh, um, Association of German Aesthetic Plastic Surgeons. I, so I missed but, completely. No, no, no. You, you didn't at all. <laughs> I wasn't even it's, close. It's basically, <laughs> we are German, so um, it has to be a kind of a complicated name. Very but good. It's, I it's like that. But it's the equivalent of the uh, Aesthetic Society, if you want to. So we met at MCAS, and then I came out to a meeting with you. And, and yeah. how, how long have you been coming here? Um, I think it's my fifth year in a row. Um, um, first time I was here in 2019, and then I think due to COVID, there was there was an incas in 21, um, but it's it's the fifth time in a row that I'm that I'm here. Yeah, I think I've been coming here since I was like eight years old. It oh, seems okay. like forever. <laughs> I I really this is the 25th anniversary, and it's yeah. a blast. I mean, Dr. Ravello, what, what's your? This is like your second or third MCAS. This is my third MCAS, and each year I look forward to it, and I can't wait to come back. I'm sure you have a similar feeling with it. How did how did you get involved with MCAS? Well, actually, I uh, when I was a medical student, I spent two years in Paris at medical school, and then two years of my residency here in Paris with uh, Vladimir Meets. So I kind of stayed connected to 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 Paris, and it's to to be honest, in the beginning it was kind of a pretext to to uh, come to Paris and, I mean. um, you know, um, <laughs> going to Congress. Um, but that's, my, that's where my uh, connection with Paris and, and friends comes, comes from. Got it. And tell us a little bit about where you practice and what you do. What's sort of your specialty? I'm, I'm practicing in, uh, in Berlin, in uh, Germany, and uh, I'm mostly doing breast surgery and uh, some face surgery. But the main focus, I would say, is, is breast surgery. Some surgery after massive weight loss, um, I think 
I think you call it body body contouring. Right. Uh, those are my main um, my main uh, interests. Good. I mean, that sounds like we have sort of similar practices. That's what I know. I do a lot of breast and the body as well. And Dr. Calvert here does a fair amount of faces. I do a few noses as well, and uh, yeah, Vladimir uh, Mintz is uh, yeah. he uh, Mintz is a, he just is a, an amazing guy. We were really happy to I was happy to spend time with him at your meeting, and especially to be on the panel with him about facelifting and talking yeah. about deep plane facelift and the SMAS because really uh, it's Mitz and Peroni that were the guys that described that, the yeah. uh, the SMAS, and yeah. so to to be in that that meeting with him was really quite special. And he's still um, and he's still fully active. I saw him um, this morning uh, doing a, f a facelift at, at the Kling. I mean, he's 80, 81 years old, and he's still so incredibly fast. Uh, that's always a pleasure um, seeing someone like him um, operating. Well, he he's a dynamic guy. He's obviously got you know he was sharp as a tack. I mean, yeah. really smart completely dialed in asking big questions I, I i just think anybody out there who's talking about the deep plane facelift or smass lift or whatever permutation of of the uh facelift approaches has to know about vladimir metz yeah that's true yeah, yeah. and he's I'm, I'm sorry go ahead and and he's still what i like about him he's he he wants to he loves to teach and um, he, he loves to explain what he does, why he does it. And I think that's a rare quality, um, especially among all the colleagues. I'm sorry for, <laughs> for interrupting you. No, no, absolutely. And, and to piggyback on that, I think that's one of the great things that we're seeing at this conference here is how much everyone really is invested in teaching and sharing their techniques. They're not holding on to them or keeping them a secret. So doing all the live surgeries and all of those lectures and presentations have been really exciting to see. Yeah, that's true. What are you looking forward to seeing in the rest of your um, time here? Tomorrow there's a session on, on breast surgery, which I will um, attend. Later this afternoon, um, I've seen a session on um, uh, lips. I think it's not lip surgery, but um, lip enhancement, which I found interesting. Um, those are the two um, sessions that I would like up. to um, yes. attend. I think I'm moderating the breast one oh, tomorrow, great. so I will see one you there for sure. To, I'm to also looking it. forward to seeing what people are going to be talking about, and then I think there's a smattering of some face panels mm. after that that, yeah. that I'm looking forward to. But also, our colleague uh, Chachi Keo has uh, got a live surgery today at 2, where he's doing the cadaver work. He's already filmed the live surgery, and they're going to be uh, moderating that at 2 p.m. up in Bordeaux, which is really cool. And uh, this, it is, it's an incredibly huge meeting with, yeah. I think he said 18,000 people here, is that right? Yeah, it could easily be. I think last year was 13,000, so yes. it's easily massive. possible. They sold out, um, it's crazy. But, you know, I, I just love the new tech. Of course, new tech we're never going to see in the United States, but that's okay. We, we, we get to enjoy it anyway. <laughs> yeah. And not to forget about the gala dinner tomorrow, the, the very yes. famous location I, the, the at, pool. An, yes. at an old swimming pool that was when i was in paris it was still closed um i think it, it just opened a couple of years ago um and it seems like an amazing art deco place yeah i'm looking forward to that the galas here are always just ridiculous <laughs> like in a really good way <laughs> 
Well, we, I, uh, I actually got a new tux for the gala, so I'll, I'll be sporting yeah, that. You have I, I got to keep up with this one, who's the fashionista of the uh, century. So, uh, well, listen, Alex, thanks for dropping sure. in with us. Thank we you. really appreciate it, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you around MCAS. It was a pleasure. All right. Well, this is the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast coming to you from the 17th? 17th? I think it's 17th. It is the 17th because we went to dinner at a 17th from the 17th arrondissement. Wait. Au revoir. If you like what you heard on the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast and want to get in touch with either Dr. Ravello or myself, this is how to do it. You can reach me at the website, ravelloplasticsurgery.com. You can reach out to the office directly through the website with any questions or consult requests, or you can call the office directly at 310-954-1355. And you can reach me on Instagram at ravelloplasticsurgery. And to reach me, the phone number is 310-777-8800. My website is drcalvert.com, drcalvert.com. Instagram, Dr. J. Calvert. And of course, you may want to check out our YouTube channel for the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast, which is simply that, Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. Hope to see you all in the office very soon.